powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show! Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy, guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello there, Duvall Nation. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for the love. I appreciate every single one of you. Yes, I am Derek this is the Derek Duvall Show, and the only show I'm told people enjoy listening to while either flossing their teeth or plucking their eyebrows. Do not ask how those analytics came up, but here we are. All jokes aside, thanks to all of my beloved Duval Nation for tuning in for what is going to be another amazing episode. What's new with me? Let me tell you that Mrs. Duval's 40th birthday went as smooth as you could possibly hope for. A great and safe party with her closest friends and then a 40th birthday dinner at P.F. Chang's along with a great assortment of gifts worthy of someone of her stature. I know a few of you wished her a happy birthday via our social media channels and I relayed every single message and she was very, very grateful. I awoke to groundbreaking news last Monday that one of my absolute favorite bands, the prog rock giants Porcupine Tree, have reformed and are releasing a new album next year along with a tour. 12 years have passed and I'm like, hell yeah. The first single, Harridan, is online and let's just say that if this was the late 80s, I would have worn the cassette out already. Seek out Porcupine Tree if you can. They feature the best drummer in the business working today, Mr. Gavin Harrison. Rock god, drum god, whatever you want to say, the man is a genius. So we come to episode 30. We have on the show today, entrepreneur and author Ryan Frederick. He will be discussing his career and his new book, Right Place, Right Time, The Ultimate Guide to Choosing a Home for the Second Half of Life. It's a great interview, and I encourage you to pay attention as what he has to say can change your life for the better. So let's not stand on ceremony. Please welcome to the show direct from Austin, Texas, the CEO of Smart Living 360, Mr. Ryan Frederick. Ryan, good afternoon. Welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How has the weather been in your neck of the woods today? We we're getting some of those uh, late summer storms, Derek. Mm-hmm. I like to start my interviews with the same question, reflecting these crazy times that we are living in, and that is, how has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? You know, Derek, it's been, uh, it's had its challenges. We, we uh, my family, we moved from Baltimore, Maryland to Austin, Texas about two years ago. So we were on the ground for about six-ish months, and then uh, the pandemic hit. So we're, we're, we're real fortunate that we had moved when we did, but uh, a little bit harder you know, building community in, uh, in a spot when everything gets shut down. I think part of the silver lining, though, has been, it's certainly for, for me and our family, um, it's helped us appreciate things that were taken away from us. Mm-hmm. And as things start to o- open up a bit more now, uh, really, you know, take advantage of of um, and, and cherish these friendships and other ways to get together that was so you know hard during the pandemic. I like to start my interviews uh, kind of at the beginning, and that is, where did you grow up, 
And at what age did you decide you want to pursue this, uh, your choice of career? Yeah. So I um, was, was born in Virginia, not too far outside of D.C. Mm-hmm. I was there through early elementary school. And then my dad got a job transfer to the, to the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. So I moved out, really grew up uh, in, in the Bay Area uh, and through high school and probably didn't really appreciate uh, just how extraordinary, extraordinary area it, 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 it was and is, uh, was at the time more interested in uh, technology and, and, and innovation and went, went out to, uh, went to Princeton for, for college, studied electrical engineering uh, and b- barely survived. Ah. It was, uh, it was not, not the easiest. Um, but we then bounced back to, uh, to the Bay Area to work for a couple uh, of venture capital-backed startups. This is in the late 90s. And it was the, soon was introduced to the, the, hay, the heydays of the dot-com craze, and which were you know pretty heady times, Derek. I, I, in my early 20s, I'm like, uh, I'm not sure what everyone's getting all excited about. This business thing's pretty easy. And then I uh, soon, soon learned it wasn't quite as easy as I thought it was. We had a we had a scandal in our company, which was similar to uh, smaller in scale, but similar idea but around the Enron scandal. So kind of cooking the books, and we had some people um, sent to jail uh, through it, and and that was uh, although I was not involved in, in any of the uh, activities, it was a defining moment for me to say who do what do I really want to do, and 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 who do I want to do it with. Mm-hmm. Do you have any fun memories from your time at Stanford Business School? I do. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I'll tell you what. So yeah, I did mention that. So after uh, after that time, I then went to Stanford Business School, and that's where I then pivoted uh, to focus on on longevity. How can we uh, uh, create uh, better environments, physical environments, and places so that we can live longer, uh, healthier lives? And and one of the great things about Stanford um, is that. They don't think any idea is ridiculous. You're encouraged, maybe to a fault some ways, to go go change the world. And uh, you know, some of us are foolish enough to to then get off the proverbial corporate ladder and try to do that. So for me, yeah, a bunch of good friends, fun times for sure. They have something called the uh, Foam, which is a weekly event where people get to hang out. And, and they had a uh, one one party we had went to Las Vegas where you had to dress up in, in kind of Vegas gear. So that was a pretty fun memory. I think we had, uh, I think we had 90% of the seats on a Southwest flight from San Jose to Las Vegas. So I kind of pity the, uh, the those passengers that weren't, weren't part of the foam crowd. Um, <laughs> but it was totally good times and, and also, you know, inspirational as well. So what brought you to Sunrise Senior Living? So, so Derek, I mentioned this experience where I was really turned off by the the technology got to be a uh, rocket ship or you blow up in the process you either get to the moon or you blow up in the process and and so that's when i thought well you know is there are there other business models other businesses other ways into i can see i can see my impact and that's when i thought more about longevity close to my grandparents uh, a number of form of experiences growing up related to older people and so i wrote a letter to uh, some people in senior housing. I didn't necessarily care about housing at the time. I, I do a lot now, but I didn't at the time. It was more, where can I uh, spend more time with, with people who are older and just learn from them, observe. I mean, it, today it's what we call design thinking. Uh, it was not as common a term at the time. And I, when I 
wrote a letter to the, these different CEOs of these, these companies, only one responded at Sunrise. And, and when I sat down with him, um, I said, you know, love to help. I can help with strategy, maybe some finance, but I really want to live in a community. And he said, do you want to what? Yeah, I want to live in a community. And so he was accommodating. Uh, my wife was less than enthusiastic. So she decided to not join me in the independent living community for in Atlanta. I was there for about a month. Mm. But it was awesome, Derek. I got to basically, I was the only person under 70, only male on my wing, uh, a lot of unsolicited cookies and gifts, uh, mm. a lot of longer meals, uh, and just a, a time to be, to be present, to observe, to even take stock a bit on what matters in life with people that are further down the path, just, uh, you know, just conversations at a stage in life where I didn't have as many responsibilities. So it was a pretty formative time. It was a formative time in, in terms of what I saw that was good about some housing environments uh, for people, but also um, what could be improved. And, and ultimately there's a lot that can be improved. And, you know, we're at a stage now where I think we're on the verge of a, a lot more innovation in, in this area, but it was, it was, I'm so thankful for uh, the, the opportunity I had to do that. Obviously this year you branched out, started a consulting firm, Smart Living 360. Uh, what inspired that decision to do that? That's, I mean, you're taking a risk there. So part of it is, uh, I'm sure you can relate to this, you know, you have these different times in life where you're, you have these gifts and how do you put your gifts to work in, in, in the best possible way that makes an impact and earns a living, um, but also gives you that fulfillment, like, you know, you're doing the right stuff. And for me, I think uh, one of my gifts, I'm, I'm a pretty good strategic thinker and, and creative and, and, and have some ideas of, I think, where, where some of the features headed in this housing arena as it relates to longevity. And I felt that the best, one of the best ways to go put that to work was to not be within one company, but to go help a number of companies. And, and that's what's happened. So I've worked with CEOs, executive teams, boards for dozens of companies. Um, some are investment groups, some are real estate developers, some are health systems, you know, leading health systems and, and, and helping them do what they do better and recognizing that with our society living longer and aging, that there are some ways we can do it a lot, a lot better than we have historically. Um, at the same time, I've been able to develop some new concepts as well that are more intergenerational to, to help create more options um, for people. So that's, it was, I mean, you know, it was a little scary to, as a, with a young family, I'd step out there and, and, and go do it, but I've, I've enjoyed uh, the challenge and, and the impact that it's provided. So saying that, what do you feel has been the largest obstacle that you've had to overcome? Anytime you start something new, whether it's uh, it doesn't matter small business, a bigger idea like you, you know, you need um, early uh, people to believe in you and appreciate what you bring and and be able to share that with others. And I think one of the early challenges is you know if you believe you can do something intellectually, that's great. You got to go do it. And and I think in the beginning. Uh, it's, it's just so critical and hard initially, but to get, uh, uh, some early in my, my, uh, situation, just early clients that, um, that you could have impact with, that would be referenceable that, uh, you know, carry some weight. And, and so once I was able to do that, it didn't happen overnight, but as it happened with some fortune 500 companies, some large health systems like Johns Hopkins, then it's not just 
to show that you can do the important work to help these organizations strategically, but uh, that, that others will verify, <laughs> they'll validate that, uh, that in fact, you can be helpful. And, and, and yeah, so that was probably maybe one of the initial challenges beyond just the courage of taking that leap. So it's fair to say you've been doing this for a considerable amount of time now. What is the craziest thing you've seen so far in this business? God, great question. You know, Derek, I think that um, it's a double-sided coin here because one of the craziest, I'd say most frustrating pieces has been the lack of innovation in in housing uh, uh, for older people and just in, in general and, and, and um, thinking about how can housing and place be used to help people thrive? I think that that piece is a cognitive dissonance, I think, for a lot of real estate developers and some healthcare systems. That's, that's been like one of the hard, interesting things. I thought it was going to be a lot easier. I thought everyone was drinking the, the Stanford Business School Kool-Aid that, you know, you got to be innovative and change the world. It turns, out, it turns out a lot of groups don't necessarily. They're just trying to uh, keep on keeping on. Um, on the other hand, the pandemic for how awful it has been in many respects, uh, it's been really good from an innovation perspective. It's forced groups to think differently and behave differently. Uh, for example, you know, telehealth has been around for a long time. And for cultural reasons, for reimbursement reasons, it just wasn't, there wasn't a business model really to support it. And then overnight, uh, uh, the health system, uh, housing providers, they had to find a way to make it all work. And, and they did. And they did. And so uh, as much as the innovation has been frustrating, I think the pandemic is, is, in the words of Joe Coughlin, who runs the MIT Age Lab, it's thrusted us, you know, in the future faster. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, at least five years in the span of, you know, maybe a few months in the early days of how it played out. So that's, that's, uh, you know, I think that's encouraging. You know, it's funny. People say that, you know, you take the death and suffering out of the equation. The pandemic has been, a lot of people have been referring to me as the great reset button. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's forced people to, you know, take a look inside themselves. Like, you know, maybe this is not what they were doing before the pandemic. This is not what I want to do. So it's, it's given them the opportunity, the courage to leap forward and say, this is what I want to do. I'm going to take charge of things. So hearing like you're saying there and other things that people have been on my show, it's it. I put a lot of weight into that into that thought. It's the great reset button. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to that. I think it you know allowed people to create that space. I mean, we we live in in a culture that's really busy, mm-hmm. and some people being proud of how busy they are, and 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 so it's it's. But that often is at odds with having the space to think about what's most important to people. And we got a heck of a lot of space mm-hmm. uh, for people to, to reflect on where they are, who their friends are. And then in a lot of the work that I do, are you in the right place? You know, I, I think that's, that's been a big deal. It's, 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 I think it's made a number of people say, uh, I'm, I'm not in the right place, um, uh, both uh, physically and, and uh, metaphorically. Uh, and, and so I think that reset, um, we'll see how it plays out, but I'm hopeful that that reset has a positive long-term ramifications, uh, t- to your point, setting aside a lot of the, um, you know, the awful things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to go ahead and take a brief break. Time for you to stand up, do a good stretch, 
refresh that coffee and or drink of your choice, and do some good deep breathing exercises, Clouseau style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. We're going to go ahead and give a big shout out to two friends of the show, and we'll be right back. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jam, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. Hey, do you have a podcast or maybe you're just thinking about starting a podcast? Well, I am Chris from Podcastic Audio, and here I show you tips and tricks on how to make your audio sound the best it possibly can with the gear you already have. With two years of experience on the Chris and Christine show creating the finest audio I possibly can make, I will show you the tips and tricks I have used on that show to make the audio sound fantastic. So if you have any podcast-related questions to your audio, you always can email me at podcasticaudio at gmail.com like this guy here did. His name is Joe. Joe writes in from the cast. Hey Chris, when we all sit down together to record our episode, our audio is too low and it has a lot of echo in the recording. How do we make our show sound better? Well, Joe, is the microphone you're using rhyme with the name Betty? And is that microphone in the same room with you? I'd start with that stuff first. And for more podtastic audio information, you can go to anchor.fm slash podtastic audio, and you keep on making your amazing podcast. Welcome back to the Derek Duvall Show. I heard the most random fact earlier today. Did you know the guy who invented Pringles, when he died, was cremated and had his ashes put into a Kringles can and then buried? I mean, why not, right? Who says Vikings had the best funerals? Let's get back to our interview with the CEO of Smart Living 360, Ryan Frederick. So let's talk about your first book, Right Place, Right Time, the ultimate guide to choosing a home for the second half of your life. Where did the idea come from to create this project? So, I, so Derek, I, I studied, as I mentioned earlier, engineering in college, and, and part of that was to avoid reading and writing. I took the uh, the PSAT, you know, here in the States, and it's like a practice, I guess, SAT, and my English score was so bad, it was as if I was uh, English as a second language student. So, <laughs> so, the, so the, the, the plan, the master plan never involved writing a book, but one thing leads to another, and, and you get passionate about something, and you see an opportunity for impact. And, and that's what happened. I have a brother-in-law who's a successful writer, uh, author and psychologist, and he's been getting questions around successful aging and longevity for a while. He kept pushing me. He's like, Ryan, people are trying to figure this out. They need some help. And, and then uh, I, I did an a, 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 a innovative uh, multifamily apartment project, age-friendly, basically. We created a uh, an apartment project with a public company, a joint venture, and and it was designed for all ages. So uh, how could we make the environment work if you were you know, a young family or if you were someone in your 80s? 
And then how you do it from a design perspective, how do you create a culture that's inclusive and encouraging and connected? And then how could you coordinate services, you know, for people? And, and, and so project went well, really excited about it, had some national attention related to it. Um, but in the leasing process, we had a, a room that was set up where we used a magnetic chalk paint against one of the walls. And we had statistics around aging. We had best practices. We had this in, interactive game, like, what do you want? your next chapter to look like the project is called the stories at congressional plaza mm-hmm. so stories it was a multiple level building but also stories we have our we have stories in life and our stories are getting longer because we're living longer so what are these chapters what right next chapter and what i was struck by and you may not find this too surprising but uh, me being naive i was not everyone has put as much time thinking uh, as much time thinking into successful aging as i have and and so people would come in and things like uh, you know, your longevity is more about lifestyle and environment, um, less so DNA. Your DNA only accounts for about 30% of your longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, that was real news to people. And, and the idea that, you know, if you have purpose, are you socially connected or physically active, like, you know, pieces like that, those go a long way to living a longer, healthier life and place is foundational there. And so I was just struck that the number of people that came in that didn't know any of these things and were focused much more on the quality of the appliances in, you know, in, in an apartment uh, unit and, and the square footage, important things, but there's a bigger backdrop. And so that, that hit me, I'm like, wait a second. And then talking to friends uh, who reach out pretty often with questions so I just think, I don't think people necessarily understand mm-hmm. how important and foundational place is in, in having a long, healthy life. Like if you care about exercising, you care about your diet, care about savings for a longer life, you, you, you should care just as much about place mm-hmm. uh, as, as your life unfolds. So that's what happened, Derek. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't jonesing to necessarily write a book, definitely wasn't on my uh, bucket list, but one thing led to another, and I felt uh, felt compelled to do it. And unfortunately, I had written some of, but not most of it, uh, when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And so then I, now this topic is even more topical because of what we've all experienced as a society. Uh, and and so I just feel fortunate now to to have put some ideas together that I think that'll be helpful to people. So basically, if you're living by an airport or under an L. Um... Might, might want to move <laughs> is what you're trying to say. Right on. <laughs> but, but it's funny, there is data around that though. If you're um, if you're around, um, yeah, I mean it's not surprising. But if 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 there's excessive noise, mm-hmm. if there is uh, lower quality air, um, yeah, it makes you're more likely to get dementia, for example, uh, based on the studies. There's other other elements too. But yeah, it 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 is. It, some of these things do matter, especially cumulatively you know, over a longer period of time. So I do have a question I thought interesting while you were talking, and that is, you mentioned earlier, obviously, you know, with we working in the dot-com industry and so forth at the beginning. If you were given the chance to do all this all over again, what was the first thing you would do differently? Gosh. Uh, you know, Derek, I, I wish I was a little more courageous earlier. Uh, I wish that, um, you know, I, th- I think, I mean, life, Let's say you found exactly what you wanted to go do. That would be more efficient Mm -hmm. in a number of respects. But part of 
appreciating that you found the right thing to do for you is the fact that you don't find it initially. It's in that struggle. It's in that learning. Um, but, but for me, I, I just wish I could have been more comfortable being an entrepreneur earlier. Like I, I think that, um, I was, uh, my personality is less so that way, you know, um, uh, uh, but I think that I, I was probably for a longer period of time just expected to be um, in, I guess, a large stable company or a series of companies and, and as opposed to being more of a trailblazer and innovator. And I think that I knew that's probably what I wanted to do, but I just didn't have the courage or, or the, the vision of knowing what that looks like. So I wish I, I wish it a little bit earlier. I could have made some of the moves to to do the consulting, to do the real estate development, to write this book, to speak more. Um, things I'm doing now, I, I think uh, probably could have done some of that maybe five years earlier than I have. Mm-hmm. But I don't regret uh, the time I spent in in intellectual engineering or working for software companies. Like I think there's a there's a, there's a breadth of experience that I've seen through that that helps me and in, in, in other things that I've done. You mentioned speaking. What do you enjoy most about doing those speaking engagements? Well, I did a keynote talk about a month ago and I can tell you, I was not very excited about it. It had been so long that, uh, you know, everything had been on zoom. So I was, uh, I was like, wow, this is, I feel a little more nervous, more nervous than normal. And then people had all their masks on. So I like to think that everyone, all my people are laughing at all my jokes, but I couldn't really verify that. Um, what I, you know, what I enjoy a couple of things, Derek, I, I enjoy the, the, the energy that you get from sharing ideas with people to try to inspire them. Like that's a, that's a unique opportunity to get in front of people to share these ideas and, and passions, you know, that, that, that I have. Um, and, and to be able to do it, um, in, in, in a way that, that some find compelling and motivational, uh, and if you, and, and if you can have an impact, uh, for those that are engaged in, in a talk, I, yeah, I find that fulfilling to me, it, it points back to, you know, having an impact. Um, but it's still, uh, you know, there, it's not without its anxieties. Uh, you know, leading up to them, but but I'm I'm grateful for when I have an opportunity to do that. You may be a pioneer in this one too. You know how they always say people who have fear of public speaking, they say they're all just picked out of the whole room. Everybody's in their underwear. Now you can just say, just picture the whole room is in their masks. <laughs> That's great. That's good. Uh, so you serve on several boards, including John Hopkins University of Nursing. How did that invitation come about? Yeah. So what's what's I think what's happened is uh, more broadly um, are like healthcare, you know, different healthcare institutions, um, especially ones that are academic, they do great work. But, but I think there's a set of questions like, well, how can we make some of these ideas more broadly you know, applicable or uh, uh, add a, a flavor for how things happen in quote unquote, the real world. And so um, in Baltimore, I got connected to the dean of school of nursing. They were looking for just more business people to be on their advisory board to provide some insight as to how, in this case, how does how how do nurses how can they play a greater and greater role in our society? And so I was initially involved to help provide a perspective around the senior housing realm. Um, increasingly, though, 
it's been more about just healthy aging in general and what role do, uh, do nurses and to some degree our health system now in, in, in promoting these uh, better and longer outcomes. Uh, there's been a bigger shift in healthcare in, in process where it's less about exclusively focusing on people once they have a condition. What can we do in advance to keep people healthy longer? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I think uh, nurses intervening through that lens and also the role of housing and place to help people um, just be healthier longer, I think is a key role. And, and so Hopkins has been the number one school of nursing for a long time now and just uh, just remarkable people, including the, the past dean, Trisha, Trisha, Trish Davidson. She's Australian. And, and then uh, the new dean, Sarah Zanton, are just incredible uh, people and leaders. So what is the best way for my listeners to seek out more information about what you do? Yeah, so there are a couple of things. <clears throat> One, I think that uh, my knowledge and, and some of the, the content that I've created and will be creating are really for people that are interested and motivated uh, towards living a longer, healthier life. And if you're in that camp, the, the lens at which I come at it from is place. And how can and place help help be a key lever in that? Um, my my book, Right Place, Right Time: The Ultimate Guide um, to Choosing the Best Home for the Second Half of Life. You know that is um, it, it is targeting more people who are kind of once the kids are gone, kind of fifty and older. But the principles behind it are really true you know, for people of any age. And and there's a role I think for that book as a tool as well for for adult children who are looking to uh, provide some input or prodding even for their, their parents or other, you know, older loved ones. So the first step is uh, the book comes out October 12th. And, and so that's, a, that can be a good resource for those again, that are motivated around healthier, longer lives and understanding that the key element that place has in that. Um, the second piece is uh, so uh, for my company, Smart Living 360, the website, smartliving360.com, uh, has tools as well um, uh, uh, to help people think about place in a, in a pretty approachable way. And there's uh, been doing a, a monthly blog for several years now to help people just think more deeply about the significance um, of place. And I'll be adding more of a, a weekly message here soon with some, again, simple resources and tools for people to engage. So it's, I think the book will be real helpful. Um, in fact, there's already been a reprint um, for the book and it hasn't released yet in terms of just the demand that's out there. And then for the website or Smart Living 360, I think that's a, a good way to stay, again, engage, involved with, with helpful things if this stuff is important to you. Nice. I like to end my interviews with my favorite question. Uh, the question is this, if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of Earth? <laughs> That's a good question, Derek. Uh, I would say, like I've said earlier, um, just where you live matters. And understand really at any age in life, the role of place has in your health and well-being. The right place gives you greater purpose. You're more socially connected. You're more physically active. You're more financially well. It, that that decision should not be an afterthought. It should be really carefully thought through and recognize that 
the right place at one stage in your life, um, maybe a different place, another stage in your life, especially considering that you know, more and more people are going to be living to 100. Mm-hmm. And that requires us to rethink uh, different chapters of our life. Right Place, Right Time, The Ultimate Guide to Choosing a Home for the Second Half of Life is, like you said, available October 12th on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Ryan, thanks ever so much for taking the time to come on today. It's been a real treat. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Derek, very much. And that brings us to the end of Episode 30, Duval Nation. I want to thank Ryan for taking the time to come on the show and share his knowledge with us. I know I learned a lot from him. Last week, I set a record for most interviews recorded with seven in four days. And these are some legit amazing folks I cannot wait for you all to hear. Even today, I recorded an interview with a 97-year-old man who has lived a legendary, legendary life. We are starting to get into the holiday season, but that's not stopping this train. New interviews are being recorded almost daily at this point, and I cannot wait for everyone to hear and enjoy them. Do you know someone who would be amazing as a guest on the Derek Duvall Show? Send them my way via our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, or by any of our social media channels. So, on behalf of the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say in the words of Sir Elton John, Saturday night's all right for fighting the COVID-19 virus. That's right. Get that vaccination. Don't let this get political. Think of your fellow man. Northstar, God bless, and see you very, very, very soon. Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, for the latest news on downloads and to explore past episodes. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duval Show.